What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belle Bid DeVoe. This is Julie Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This is Invo. This is India Ari. Hey, what's up? This is Brandy. Music and features from a woman's perspective. Intriguing conversation. Espresso. The Mocha Mix. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you making? This is Cafe Mocha. Georgia's passed a bill making it harder to vote. This ain't just a Georgia thing. It's coming to you, Texas, Florida, Illinois. Two leaders on the forefront of fighting for voting rights. Weigh in on what's happening in Georgia. Plus, what does Lonnie Love think of the drama between Cheryl Underwood and Sharon Osbourne? She gets real about daytime talk. It's Cafe Mocha, Angelique, Lonnie, Love, and Yo-Yo. And I apologize in advance, Lonnie, because I know you're going to roll your eyes at me as soon as I ask your thoughts about Sharon Osbourne. Wait, hold it. Before we even get into that, I just want to say this. You know, Holly Robinson Pete has been on our show a million times, especially when we first started. And when she got let go on uh, CBS, she came right out and told us that it was Sharon Osbourne's fault, that she this, that she that. She laid it all the way out. And she also um, said that uh, CBS as a consolation prize gave her a role on Mike and Molly, which lasted all of like two Two episodes. Right. And I'm like, what kind of consolation prize is that? So I am not surprised that this is coming out. You, Lonnie, as a talk show host. Well, you know what? This is the thing. First of all, I want to say that what we saw um, and what we're talking about is, you know, Sharon Osborne and my friend Cheryl Underwood. Mm-hmm. Um, with that whole discussion, I'm going to say it, being a talk show host and being one for seven seasons, that was a producer problem. And when I say producer, you know, there when you go do a show, you just don't sit down and do the show. There are things that have, have been put in place to be discussed. Or, or things as ways that we're going to do this in order to produce the show. So, you know, what Sharon did, all she had to do was shut her mouth, but she didn't. She put out a tweet. The wow. tweet basically supported Piers Morgan. Um, and at the time, we were upset because Piers Morgan criticized Meghan Markle even after the woman said she was suicidal. He said she was a lie, blah, 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 blah. Well, Sharon Osbourne, because she's friends with Pierce Morgan, decides, okay, well, I'm going to stand by him. You know, because everybody was trying to do the whole, oh, Pierce can say what he wants because it's freedom of speech. No, no, there are certain things you could be quiet about. Yeah. And that was one of them. So that was the situation. So now I'm only telling you the situation because now Sharon Osbourne is on the show. And this tweet had her trending. So naturally, her show is going to want her to talk about it. Angie, you're a producer. You would go to her and say, we got to talk about this because you're on national TV and you're trending. And here's how we're approaching it. And this is how it's approaching it. Now, according to what Sharon Osbourne was saying, she she only was told eight minutes before showtime. Mm-hmm. You know, Cheryl was saying, or some other people were saying from the show that, no, it was enough time for Sharon to know that she was going to be talking about this. So we get all the way to the point of, you know, Cheryl was uh, a moderating that day and all of a sudden it just blew up. Now, what, I what blew do, up? What blew up? It automatically, uh, Sharon Osborne 
started asking Cheryl things like, do you think I'm racist? Do you, and it's a lot of gaslighting. It was a lot of, you know, trying to go another way with the question, all this other kind of stuff, because usually what people have to remember, Sharon Osbourne has said things in the past, but usually they let her rant and then they move on. This one, it was a little more pushback and, and really it, it was a live show. So let me tell you, it's absolutely live. So you cannot edit it. What I would have done, because Cheryl was moderating, I would have cut to a commercial. Because there's like like the view. The view right. when it gets too hot, then like Whoopi's like, go to commercial. Whoopi like, we go, we about to take a break. And that's the reason why you take a break, because sometimes you just need to reset a little bit. Right. You know, that three or four minutes is what you need to to let everybody calm down. The producer comes in and say, Look, guys, we're gonna go this way, this way, this way. They didn't. They let it go on and on and on. And so, one, Sharon is at fault because of the way she was talking to Cheryl. Cheryl, who we How was she talking know, to her? I mean, she basically was um, telling her, you know, because Cheryl was getting emotional. You got to understand, Cheryl's been with her for 11 seasons. Yeah. So she considered her her friend. So, you know, and she's, you know, Sharon looked at her at one point and said, don't you dare cry. Don't you dare cry. How do you get on national TV and tell a black woman that she can't have feelings? Do you realize that really was a trigger for a lot of women? Oh my of gosh. Being told, oh my know, gosh. It, I mean, it was a trigger. It was a trigger. And see, when it's getting hot like that, you, you know, and let's go to break, Bob. Right. <laughs> it's like, that's what you do. You go to break. You don't sit there and have this happening because it you know because then you become flustered and you could tell that Cheryl was thinking and then you had um Elaine uh Winterroth the other girl she was trying wow. to think you know and it was just, it was a mess it was wow. a mess but what so now Cheryl's uh she now she's leaving the show well um, uh Sharon, Sharon is, is leaving, leaving the show it's because still, of all of this after all of this uh, CBS went on a two week hiatus um and now Sharon it will no longer be on the talk. It will still be four hosts. It'll be Elaine, Cheryl, uh, Carrie Ann Anaba, and the new girl, um, Coates. That's her name, and the new girl. So now th they'll just do it without sharing. But what I'm saying is, one, now we're finding out all this stuff about Sharon and how she really is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I just did anybody used to see this reality show? It had this guy named Ozzy Osbourne you know. <laughs> and his wife, and they were the most ridiculous, obnoxious people on the planet. I can't even I never understood but why no, she was on the but, damn show. But when she went it. on the talk though, Angie, that's what they wanted. That it was cool when she was doing it on TV, being so outspoken, being outrageous. But then they then there are reports that she was also taking it, you know, she was talking oh. about Julie Chan, who I'm is sorry. Asian. And then she you know, she was doing a lot of uh uh talking about racial um and, you know, and uh things. The executive producer wow. uh, with gay slurs, lesbian wow. slurs. Yeah. I'm sorry. I repeat. Did anybody used to see this show with this guy named Ozzy Osbourne and his wife <laughs> wait, wait, and all the obnoxious stuff? That, why is this surprising that she's exactly what she was on that reality show? What they about the daughter? Like some elitist, racist white people the, the daughter From said who's gonna clean the, who's gonna clean the toilets if ah, the latinos get oh, deported thank you. <laughs> hello hello now, and did she say that on the talk 
Well, this is the thing. What I will say, and this is not covering Sharon at all, is that then you get to the Holly issue and Leah Remedy. And I think that there were some things where they didn't like each other. And Sharon um, is being, is, is actually on tape saying that they were both ghetto and saying things like that, which you, they're just some things you don't say to women of color. But with all that said, it's still a studio issue. The, Sharon is not over hiring and firing. Right, and right. that's the one thing I want people to understand. They will scapegoat. These studios will use you mm-hmm. as a scapegoat. They will use you to, to, to do their dirty work. And, and then you everybody's caught up thinking that, oh, it's this person when no, it's the studio. Whoever those executives are, they have made that decision. It is not, if they wanted to keep Holly and, and Leah Remedy, they would have kept them. Believe that. And I know this because I've been through it. But what they do is they put the blame on somebody, which is a separate issue between what she said to Cheryl and Elaine. That was totally separate. That was on Sharon's fault. But Sharon getting someone else fired, I would have to I would have to say that was the studio. And and we just have to realize that these studios do this. That's why you have to be very careful. You know, um, and per pay sits, Sharon is walking away with five to 10 million minimum payout. And the reason why is because yeah. they had to buy her out of her contract. Yeah, And we not liked her contract. and we liked her on the show too. Let's not forget that. We, I don't yeah. like, I never liked her. No. I yeah. liked her on the show. I liked her But on that's the what show. I'm saying. Most people liked her, but you didn't realize that she was actually like this. Exactly. Why? why? How long was that reality show on the air? But everybody, because it was, was about race. I was just. It's about race. I was just happy to see someone on there whose husband did a lot of drugs, and the wife was able <laughs> to obtain a talk show and to watch them work, watch her work, gave me an insight to their life. Yeah. Well, when she was you. trying to be serious, I guess. We'll see what happens with the ratings, with the talk. Um, And since this is Hollywood, we're talking about Nick Cannon will be coming back in the fall. Um, His contract, he originally had two years and then he had that issue with what he was saying about some um, This is for uh, his talk show. Oh, oh, the talk show. Okay, I'm sorry. It'll be coming back in the fall. So um, you have that. And um, then there are going to be some changes with the talk and everything. And then, of course, you got the real, you know, we we over here hanging by a thread, too, because we're on virtual. And then now we got to find a studio because, you know, of COVID, um, these uh, uh, the COVID protocols have put an increase in everyone's budget. So a lot of these talk shows, you know, they're they're hanging by a thread because of the fact of the money. Because of COVID, you have to add a, a, maybe a, like a million dollars to the budget because you got to pay for the tests, the nurses, you got to pay for the PPE equipment. So a lot of productions, that's it. a lot of money for a lot yeah, of productions. Yeah. You know, so um, we'll see, you know, what happens. But, you know, there's always going to be work. And um, it's just interesting that they had to buy her out of her contract. So she's not hurting at all. So you do people that are Sharon Osbourne, like, oh, she ain't been done wrong. She she got paid. I ain't worried one bit about her. 
So go get vaccinated, wear your mask, and don't worry about Sharon Osborne. <laughs> it's Cafe Mocha. <laughs> it's Cafe Mocha. Angelique, Lonnie Love, Yo-Yo. On the line, she is co-founder of Black Voters Matter. Latasha Brown joins us. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Glad and to be here. Just right out of the gate. You do all this fantastic work to get people out in Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, wherever, out to vote. Um, and then this happens. Georgia changes their voting laws and they're not alone. What's going on there right now? You know, it is, it's an interesting pattern that we've had, unfortunately, um, in this country that whenever there has been Black progress, there's always been this white backlash. Um, to really kind of, what we saw in Georgia, you had historic numbers of Black voters to come out and vote this last election cycle. And really what the Republicans did is they got together and wanted, in many ways, like to punish Black voters to to prevent from what happened last time, you know, where we actually used our power and it actually had a different, it related, came out with a different outcome. They wanted to actually impact that going forward. So what they created is a series of bills to suppress the vote, to actually prevent and make it much more difficult for Black voters to participate in the process. And then on top of that, they're not only punishing voters, but also punishing organizations. So they passed this bill, SB202. And in that bill, I'll just, uh, I'll just highlight a couple of things around that bill. Um, one of the things in that bill is that they criminalize organizations such as ours that are giving water and snacks to people in line. You know, there are people that stood in line last year, three, four, five, six. There are people who stood in line 11 hours to vote. Mm. And so what they, what they claimed is we don't want any electioneering um, 150 feet. Well, there's not any. Water's not electioneering. A, a water, giving people water, then standing out there for hours, we think is a humanitarian act. Um, and actually, in addition to that, they've also created where they shifted that in the runoff, you don't have the, the extended weekend voting um, where we used to have um, on, so that you have shorter time. That when people are posting a provisional ballot, you know, they have to actually put their provisional ballot by five o'clock. Well, what about working people? A lot of working people don't get off it until five o'clock, which is why we had the polls um, closing at seven. Um, in addition to that, many of these counties will not have drop boxes. So it makes it that much more difficult for people to get access to Dropbox. And the last thing that I'll just kind of highlight, which I think is the most egregious, is that the GOP will now have the power and authority to do exactly what Trump wanted them to do last election, which is to take, if they don't like the results, to take over the process from the county that administers the elections, that actually certifies the results, and literally come up with something different. Like, and so that is the most egregious. So essentially, they've given themselves power that they can actually take over the Secretary of State and veto with the Secretary of State and take over the county board of elections, right? And in addition to that, they've created all of these different changes, which in many ways are going to wind up being what we think is an unfunded mandate so that you don't give the tools to these counties, counties like Fulton County, which is a predominantly Black county. You give the, these mandates but not giving them the tools or the resources and then say that's a failure just so that you can come and take over. And so this is what we're seeing in, in Georgia. We're seeing a full frontal attack on black voters, but it's not just in Georgia. 
Right now, there are bills in 47 states all mm. across this country, all being led by the GOP and all being directed at marginalizing what they call um, uh, really Democratic voters, but are targeted towards Black voters, poor people, communities of color. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians, Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Ed- is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist, Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. We're talking to Latasha Brown, co-founder of Black Voters Matters. We're talking about the voting laws that have been changed in in Georgia, but also, as you just heard her say, uh, other states as well. Latasha, there are at least four lawsuits against um, Georgia right now. What grounds um, are you all suing for? We're suing for the, um, the First and the 14th Amendment. What we're saying is one, really making it burdensome for us, for Black voters, to go, that it is actually infringement on our freedom of speech. In addition to that, that it's also a violation of the Voting Rights Act, that you, what you are doing is you're creating an unnecessary um, and, and equitable burden on communities of color. You know, this is precisely the reason why the Voting Rights Act of 1965 was passed, for things such as what we're seeing in this bill. Had the Voting Rights Act Section 5, which was taken out in 2013 when they stripped it in the Shelby versus Holder case, had that still been in the act, many of these things that we're seeing in these bills, they wouldn't fly. They would not even be able to come back and uh, be passed into law. And so what we're doing is we're saying that these bills, fundamentally these bills um, are restricting, they're impacting our freedom of speech, our freedom to be able to fairly participate in elections. They are a violation against the Voting Rights Act. So there are lawsuits about this new Georgia law that some people call uh, suppression. Um, (laughs) 
yes, some people call it suppression. I'm going to go with them on that. Um, But the community at large is upset too. I mean, Delta, big company in Atlanta, they're like, eh, not feeling it. Coca-Cola, big company, they're like, eh, this is going backwards. Major League Baseball decides Major League Baseball. they're pulling out. No games here. No, uh, mm-hmm. no all-star game here. Yeah. Is that, I mean, you know, as someone who is from that community, those are jobs that are going away. Cause this, could this backfire, you know, the pro the you know, boycotting. I think that's a fair question. I think the issue is part of what we're not thinking about is also there is an economic implication when black people are not able to vote. When Black folks are not able to pick the kind of policies that they need, when Black people are prevented from getting the kind of elected officials in office that they need to support their bills, there are economic implications long-term for us. And so while there's folks are saying, well, job, you know, there's jobs, yes, but what we're saying is not just a temporary job for one event. What we want to see is a long-term kind of policy and strategy that will close the equity gap of many of our communities are facing. When you look at Atlanta as as prosperous as Atlanta is, that you have the widest gap, economic gap in the country between the black community and the white community is in Atlanta, is in Georgia. And so what we're saying is that democracy is good for business, that overall, that we raise that this was not a good piece, that we raise that part of having an image that the, that the state is backwards and going Jim Crow actually works against us. That's not a decision we made. That's a decision that the governor and the Republicans made. What we're saying is that our rights right, are not to be touched, that our rights can't be traded in, right, and that you're going backwards under one guise. Like, you can't, you're going to, we're going to like, okay, we're going to support you on this, not support you on that. The bottom line, you know, at the end of the day, we have been economically shut out and marginalized in many of these systems. And so part of our right to vote is to be able to show our agency to be able to make a decision on what policies govern us, who govern us and what conditions, because those also matter when we're talking about jobs and business. We don't want just jobs. We want business opportunities. Mm-hmm. We want better housing. We want prison reform. We want our communities to be advanced. And it's hard for us to do that if someone else is saying we're going to marginalize your right to vote. So what can we do? What can we do as a people? I think that there's a couple of things that we can do. I think that there are three things that people should be calling for right now. Number one, I think it's really important for us to really call for the repeal, the immediate repeal in Georgia of of this bill, that we have to say we're not going backwards. Georgia should do the right thing. We're not going to have the same fight from 1965 that Dr. King and others died for, right? Number two, I think it's really important for us, the most critical is that in the, (laughs) oh, excuse me, well, the pollen is getting to me, y'all. Um, okay. That HR1 and HR4, which are in Congress right now, that would actually strengthen the Voting Rights Act. One is the For the People Act, and the second one is the Drug Voter Advancement Act that essentially is will restore the Voting Rights Act. We need that desperately. That's in Congress right now, so everybody all across this country can call their senators and tell them that they need, and even their Congress people, even though it's out of the House, that we need to make sure that H.R. 1 and H.R. 4 are both passed because we need expanded rights. And the third thing is I think we have to literally think about who are, we have to do business with companies that's going to stand with us. It is those companies that have actually come out and said that they're against voting rights. 
that those are the kind of companies that we stand with. Companies that have been silent on this, you cannot be silent when it comes to black folks who have fought and died for the right to vote, for us to lose our right to vote. And so I think we're going to have to call on those companies and hold them accountable. For them, they are also, many of those sponsors of those bills have received hundreds of thousands of dollars from these corporations, right? Mm -hmm. We have to cut them off at the spigot. You cannot say that you support voting rights and then you're supporting the folks that are literally creating the legislation to suppress our vote. So we actually have to call for those companies to divest from organizations and people who are supporting voter suppression efforts. At the end of the day, the right to vote should not be a partisan issue. Whether I want to vote Republican, Democrat, the Green Party, Libertarian, whatever, that's my right. And so fundamentally, what we have to really not allow is the Republicans to frame this as if the right to vote is based on what party, my right to vote should be based on what party is in office. The truth of the matter is my right to vote is a civil right. It is my human right. And so what we have to do is also force those companies to stand in that same space. That We're not telling you to take an issue on a partisan issue. What we're saying is the right to vote should be a nonpartisan issue. It doesn't matter that the Republicans are using this voter suppression piece. We cannot let them hijack this mm -hmm. conversation around the right to vote and push it in a bag around they're going to restrict people from voting because they don't think they can win. Right. That's right. why you see she is the Cafe Mocha Salute Her Awards champion for change. Latasha, thank you so much, Latasha Brown from Black Voters Matters for informing us and keeping us informed. Thank you, sister. Yes. For doing the fight. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's Cafe Mocha, Angelique, Lonnie Love, and Yo-Yo. We've been talking about Georgia and the new laws that pass that uh, make it harder for people to vote. Joining us from When We All Vote is Stephanie Young. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. We're you all know, right. I'm an I'm a ambassador for When We All Vote. So, Stephanie- You are. We've been doing a lot of work, um, you know, just kind of brush people up with what um, When We All Vote is about. Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you who don't know, When We All Vote is Mrs. Obama's nonpartisan nonprofit voting initiative. Uh, we were launched in 2018, and we are on a mission to change the culture around voting and to increase participation in each and every election. We are expanding our work this year to make sure that we're doing more civic engagement and, and advocacy work. Uh, and that means uh, we want to uh, organize Americans to stand up for voting rights um, and for equal access to the polls by taking action through working with When We All Vote to calling uh, their senators and members of Congress to help uh, get legislation passed that is going to protect black and brown voters and also make sure that we all have equal access to the ballot box. And what's happening in Georgia is just one place, um, as you all know. There's there's over 47 states, uh, or at least uh, 47 uh, Republican lawmakers who have pushed bills um, across this country. Um, so we're not talking about, you know, one phenomenon um, in my home state of Georgia. This is just you know, the biggest, I guess, piece of the pie, considering all the attention that this state uh, received uh, because of 
uh, the, the last election, but this is happening all across the country. People saw that black and brown people, young people went out and voted, and they are trying to figure out ways to stop that from happening again. Um, but I'm super encouraged by all of the work that we're able to do together to ensure that people have equal access to the ballot box. And I'd love to talk to you about federal legislation that is already on the table right now that would help to protect uh, voters across this country, legislation that we've never seen before um, that would have a great and tremendous impact. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, like Arizona's all mad, you know, Texas is all mad. Of course, you know, Georgia's mad. But why isn't there something federally that, you know, magic wand can be waived and these are the rules, everybody play by these rules, go. Yeah, well, there actually is uh, something right now. It's called the For the People Act. And we're working really hard. Lonnie just signed on to this letter with Mrs. Obama and about 64 others um, calling for Americans to stand up to call their senators today to make sure that they make their voices heard um, on supporting uh, the For the People Act, which would make voter registration automatic, which would help to end voter suppression by expanding um, early voting hours, um, it also uh, helps to really level the playing field by ending gerrymandering, which is something so huge that has completely crippled our democracy. Uh, it's a situation where basically politicians are able to create their own congressional districts and pick their own voters as opposed to voters picking their politicians. So this is landmark legislation that we have on the table right now. And right behind it is the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Um, I'm sure you all know in 2013, the Voting Rights Act was gutted in the Supreme Court. They took away certain protections for voters um, in states that we know have a history of voter suppression. And that's why you saw these massive voter suppression laws that have passed all across this country. So there is federal legislation. We just have to make sure that we're, we're giving it the attention that it deserves and that they were also organizing people to, to stand up and to fight for it. And there's a multitude of ways. They can call their members of Congress. If you come over to whenweallvote.org right now, you'll be able to see the letter from Mrs. Obama and Lonnie and others. Um, we tell you, we show you how to call your senator. We also show you how to write them. We show you how to tweet them. They count all those, uh, all those tweets. They count all those emails that they get, and they count all of those calls. So it's, it's incumbent upon us um, to, to use our megaphone to make sure that people know that there is federal legislation that can help uh, to solve and fix a lot of these issues. Um, and I think, you know, national attention, rightfully so, has been on Georgia, but it's happening all across this country. We're talking about, again, 47 states, and we can't take our eye off the ball um, and just focus on one state. We're really going to have to to focus on what's happening uh, nationally. And one way that we can combat that is by supporting the For the People Act. And I, I'll tell you, you know, people are calling this the most critical piece of legislation since the civil rights movement. And um, unfortunately, it's just not getting as much attention as it deserves right now. And I'm, I'm hoping that just this conversation that we're having today will hopefully enlighten people to understand that they can actually even if they don't live in the states that are that are um, you know going through all these issues, they can stand up and help to stop them by supporting this bill. Mm -hmm. You know why people they're happy because we got Joe Biden in office, and this is not because you know when we all vote is nonpartisan, but a lot of people think you know they see that they see some normalcy in Joe Biden, so now they think everything is yeah. okay, and that's the well, problem. yeah, that's what happened. Exactly. That's what happened in 2008. Think about it. Like everybody was so excited. They went out and voted. And then what did they do? They went home and they didn't vote again for a really long time. 
And that's the thing. This democracy does not work if people do not participate. And when you don't vote, somebody else is standing up and voting for you um, and voting for people who do not um, care about you. They might not even think your life matters and they are not going to vote or they're not going to work uh, for your values. So that's why it's so critically important that we not stop what we did in 2020, which was calling our friends and family, making sure that they were ready to vote. We got to still do that, but we have to add another layer to it. We got to call them and say, hey, you got to call your senator. You got to call, you know, your friends in this state to make sure that they're making calls and emails and tweets uh, so that we can get this legislation passed. And I just wanted mm-hmm. to, to hone in on a couple more things. And, you know, this legislation would make Election Day a national holiday, right? So it would do things to help to decrease the barriers. It also restore the right to vote for people with felony convictions and, you know, overhaul finance, uh, campaign finance reform, which means, or finance systems, which mean like the, the, the fact that, you know, those who are most wealthy are able to make contributions and get certain people in office. And this will help to level the playing field. This bill is really about making sure democracy works for everybody and not a few. And it is so incredibly important that people stand up and speak out for this. And also in that letter, you'll see us talking about the filibuster. Um, the filibuster is, as uh, we, we have called it many, many times, and the Obamas have called it this, uh, it's a Jim Crow relic. It's something that is old, has been used to stop pro- progress uh, for justice issues, for racial equality, anything that you can think of that will push this country forward. Uh, the, the filibuster has been used to make sure that we don't make that progress. So the the power is really with us, and we have to recognize that it does not stop at the ballot box. That is one place um, where we can show our strength and our power, and we absolutely have to do that. But then we got to double back, and we got to make sure that we're organizing to get this stuff passed. And I really want to thank um, Mrs. Obama and all of the, the the chairs. And there are a lot of volunteers like, you know, Stephanie, mm-hmm. myself and everybody. And we, we just we stay in these organizations to push out these messages. And I would implore everybody to go to when we all vote dot org. I believe that's it. You, you, um, that's right. I, I'm looking at all of these names. I'm seeing everyone. DJ Khaled, Fat Joe, all of my Kiki Palmer. LL Cuche, Regina Hall, Regina King, Shaquille O'Neal, so many names. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We want to land, you know, when we have these platforms, but it was because of Mrs. Obama starting this, you know, organization along with the other um, co-chairs um, like Lynn manuel um, and Shonda Rhimes. And it's just, you know, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be able to do this without, you know, mobilizing. So I want to thank you, Stephanie, for always mm-hmm. taking time to come on Cafe Mocha, explaining it to our listeners. Because yeah. now people don't have an excuse. They can't say, well, they don't know. Because we, we're trying right. to push the message <laughs> yeah. out there. And, and it's still t- thank you so much. And it's mm-hmm. still a great time for people to get out there and register to vote. Yes, absolutely. Don't ever stop that. And we make it easy because we get everybody has lives. You got children, you got husbands, you got spouses, you, you got work, you got stuff to do. So we make we make working with us easy and it won't it won't be a lot of time that you have to spend to do what we're asking you to do, but it will be worth it and you will feel better. Uh, once you participate. So just like Lonnie said, please come over to whenweallvote.org. We can't wait to work with you and bring you into this family so that we can make sure that we are moving this country forward in the right direction. Thank you, Stephanie, so much for your time. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. God bless. Take care.
And we just love our Lonnie love. Lonnie, you just have your hand in a lot of great places. And we just want to commend you seriously (laughs) because you're so busy, but yet and still, you still find time to do some amazing work. And and that's just, you know, a great attribute to have as a a human. I think, you know, it's so wonderful. And we have you here at Cafe Mocha. We should all just applaud you. Oh, thank you. thank you, Yo-Yo. And you know Yay. what? We all are doing our thing. Angelique is, is doing her thing. You know, um, I want people to know that she is not only our producer, but she's a producer of a fabulous show that is about community um, and about what's happening in the world. And, um, you know, and then we have our fabulous star, Yo-Yo, who um, is doing so much. And I think sometimes we don't explain to our viewers that we're doing things outside of Cafe Mocha and how important it is. And um, and so we just, we want to thank our listeners for supporting us, even in our outside projects and endeavors. So we'll be right back. This is Cafe Mocha. Loving our brothers, men with strength, wisdom, assertive, and genuine in their spirit. It's the Cafe Mocha Swag Awards, hosted by Rashawn McDonald. Thank you, ladies. It's Rashawn McDonald from Money Making Conversation. This week, I sat down with Swag Award winner Robert Brace. Now, he's a fitness trainer, wellness expert, and motivational speaker, and he has this 28-day challenge. I asked him, what does it encompass? For instance, if you go onto our app, there are four signature workouts, right? Mm -hmm. And they're designed to be done one after the other. So we start you off with a dynamic warm-up. We teach you the principles. In the course, before you even start, we show you the principles of how to move your body. Uh, It's a principle I call fierce form. Right. So how to move your body in the right posture, in the right way, so Mm -hmm. that you accelerate your results and get everything that we talked about. Right. And also how to engage your core. Engaging your core in the right way means that over time, you're going to be able to do more explosive movements faster. Mm -hmm. So we progress the movements and the the workouts in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so there's the four basic ones. But then as we go, we'll be doing live workouts as well. If you want to hear this full interview and more, visit moneymakingconversation.com. Keep winning. Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. This is The Espresso, ABC's docuseries Soul of a Nation tells our stories from our perspective. They look at our faith and resilience by talking to the family of Botham Jean, who was killed by a cop who walked into the wrong apartment. Remember when his little brother said this in court? I know I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. Did you know what you would say when you stood up? No, I did not know (laughs) at all. I just felt disgusted and like, it was just, when I looked at her, rage. Soul of a Nation also looks at sports stars who refuse to shut up and dribble. They take it all the way back to the athletes who threw up the black power fist at the Olympics in 68. The greatest thing is that you have the attention of the planet. You didn't have to kill or maim or hurt anyone to make that statement. This week, they tackled the deep, dark secret of the Tulsa Massacre. These communities existed and were a huge success until in Tulsa, for example, it was burned to the ground by angry white neighbors. This is good stuff. Our stuff, told by us, hosted by us. Check out Soul of a Nation on ABC Tuesday nights or on Hulu or just Google it and watch online. The Espresso is brought to you by Seagram's Escape. So many refreshing flavors, so many ways to sip happiness. 
Angelique wrapping up the show. And just a reminder, the fourth wave of COVID is here. Five states are impacted. New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Florida, and Michigan. Most of the new cases are coming from those five states. Stay masked. Stay socially distanced. Stay home. Do your homework. And then go get that vaccine. Until next time, you can find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Ed- is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective.